everybody, and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. Last time I shared some tips on training others, so please go check it out if you haven't listened to it yet, and remember to hit that follow button so you get all of my new uploads. This week, I want to take a crack at an ideology that uh, I think we've all probably heard of, and maybe we use it on ourselves or with others. And, you know, we all have a lot going on. And one of the most important aspects of our lives does revolve around our jobs or our professions, because that's where our survivability comes from. We work and we put in the hours and then we use the monetary return to support our lifestyles and our behaviors and our families and whatnot. And a lot could be said about how we use our time or how we spend our money to maybe live more comfortably or more responsibly. But there is a saying that I think is overused, and it certainly is abused today. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I want to talk about giving 110%. Let's get into it. So maybe you're sitting there going, you know, I give 110% all day, every day. And, and maybe you do, and maybe you don't. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. From my own interactions, the general breakdown is it comes down to four groups of how much they're giving. One group of people, you know, they really do give 100% or they say they give 110% and they're benefiting from that return. Then you've got the group of people that are giving their all and they're not getting a sufficient return. And then you have the group that's giving less than 100, 100%, 110%, whatever, and they're fine with it. And then finally, you have the group that are giving less than 100% and they either are unhappy or they feel guilty for not giving everything they have. I'm sure there's probably more groups, but when I look at it, those are the four that kind of come across my mind. And I think for me, I, I, maybe you, but I think for me, I've been in every single one of those categories at some point in my life. And it made me wonder, like, is the idea behind giving 110% a real thing? Is it okay to live your life that way? Is there anything wrong with not giving your all every day? Is it right to expect people to give more than maybe they have to give? Is it right to, you know, beat down on people for not giving everything? These are the things that I kind of want to address. So I first started thinking about this idea of the 110%. Um, when I got into the Air Force and, you know, I'd been in for a couple of years. And in case you don't know, one of the core values, we have three. One of the core values in the Air Force is excellence in all we do. And for many, I think this gets translated into giving 110% no matter what. But I've come to the conclusion that that isn't true, nor is it realistic or sustainable. And I don't think we're interpreting it right, if I'm, if I'm just being honest. I think there's a different way to look at excellence than to say excellence equals 100%. We all have days when we are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, ready to conquer the world and feeling unstoppable. But we also have the days that we just aren't feeling it. For some, you know, we, we try to minimize those down days and we try to maximize the good ones. But the question is, where does that difference come from? Firstly, I think it comes from life experiences because the more you've experienced and the more you learn to focus in on the things that matter to you. You know, why does this matter? Well, simply put, if you don't know what you are striving for and why, then it's hard to devote yourself completely to the demands because you don't understand the payoff or maybe the payoff doesn't have value to you, whereas it does to others. Very few can honestly say that they give their all just for the benefit of others. Yes, I'm sure it's possible, but I mean, come on. We all know that ultimately we ultimately we need to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. I'm not trying to bash, you know, those that are altruistic and altruistic tendencies, but even in altruism, isn't it true to say that if you do the things for others because it makes you feel good? So, you know, even if you're being altruistic, you're still getting something out of it, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not again, I'm not bashing it at all. Giving 100% 100 or 
Every day or striving for excellence isn't a bad thing either, but like any goal, it has to be attainable and realistic. And the fact is, no one can give their 100% every day, but they can give 100% of what they have. And if you're confused by that, don't worry, I got this, let me break it down as I see it. First off, you can't give 110%, right? That's just basic logic, like let's just, let's get, let's get realistic. 100% is total or complete. And you know, the catchphrase, 110% is illogical and it can be used manipulatively. Just I'm just spitting facts here. The reality is humans probably give somewhere between 50 to 80% day to day. To give 100% means that you are totally devoted to the task at hand. Like if you're 100%, you're not eating, you're not taking breaks, you're not using the restroom, you know, maybe you're not even going home to take care of your personal responsibilities and families. I mean, let's just be honest. There are few people who honestly give a hundred percent to their job. And that's merely because it isn't realistic and isn't sustainable, but that doesn't make it a bad thing and it doesn't make you lazy. It's just a reality. We all keep a little in our tank for emergencies and that's just a survival mechanism built into us because if we actually give a hundred percent to non-threatening situations, then when a threatening situation occurs, we risk not having the energy that we need to survive. But you know, at the same time, you want to make sure that you can you can push past your limits. So you can go above and beyond, but if you do that for routine things, then when an emergency happens, you've got nowhere else to go except down, and that's not a good thing, right? Trying to push yourself when you've got nothing, nothing left is a great way to compromise your efforts and the results that you're looking for. Think of it like this. Let's say you wanna work out and get stronger. What do you do? You lift heavy weights and you tear the muscles down so that they can rebuild stronger, right? Basic working out 101. It's no lie that some people who work out are more devoted to their efforts than the average person, but what is it that sets them apart? Some of them do drop sets, meaning they lift as heavy as they can for as long as they can, and when they can't lift the current weight, they drop down to the next possible weight, and then they continue the, the process until they literally can't lift anything. I do this every once in a while. It's not my go-to workout methods, but like when I do curl, like I can curl a hundred pound uh, barbell, not dumbbell, hundred pound uh, barbell, which is like fifties in each hand. And I, I curl until I can't. And then I lower the weight until I get to the point where I can't even curl 10 pounds. Does that build strength? Absolutely. It's a completely valid workout method, but there needs to be a recovery period and giving your all at work is pretty much the same idea. People can legit give you 100% now, but the more they push and max out, the longer they need to recover. Because if they don't get the proper recovery time, just like in working out, you risk hurting yourself and you can actually prevent gains that you're after. This is why as leaders, you need to be able to ascertain where your people are at and what they can safely and effectively give to prevent burnout as best you can and then maximize growth. Pushing your people to the breaking point should only be used in times of emergencies or crisis with the caveat that there will be a sufficient recovery time when we can get it. This can mean dialing back responsibilities for a little bit, or you know, maybe providing some work time, whatever is allowed in your area, like different places have different needs, I understand that. Using working out as an analogy, recovery time can sometimes be stretching, and this would be the equivalent of having you know, the worn out person at work that's been giving everything they have, but maybe taking some stuff off their plate and giving them a less, a lower stressful job for a bit so that they can, you know, figuratively catch their breath. On the other side is what the follower or the person putting 100% in can do. Now, firstly, you gotta know what your limits are and don't undervalue yourself because you are human. 
everyone has a breaking point and you can't do anything if you hurt yourself. So be careful how much weight, you know, figuratively, you're trying to lift because sometimes people put way too much weight on that they can't actually lift appropriately. And again, using workout, you know, as a caveat or as an explanation for this, if you put too much weight that you're not ready for, you can end up compromising your form, which means the effort that you're putting in is kind of useless and it also increases the risk of self-injury. Putting this in a work perspective, make sure that you know what your limits and signs of burnout are. That way you can learn to track your weights and that way you know when to ask for help. Waking up and having the mentality that you are going to give your all is a great attitude. It really is. But be careful you don't minimize your efforts when you only have, say, 40% to give. It happens to all of us. And frankly, the reason you're only able to give 40%, let's say, is probably because you have some personal things going on or you are working in an environment that either doesn't care or isn't aware that you are burning out or there's an unrealistic ops tempo. I'm not saying it's malicious, but if you're only able to give 40%, my point is there's probably a reason why. So make sure that you advocate for yourself and for others, right? Help each other, become a team. Sometimes we can't see how close to burnout we are because we're so focused or dedicated to something that we will just keep going until the mind or body gives out. I've done it. You've probably done it too. And here's the thing though. If I only have 40% to give you today and I give you all 40% that I have, then to me, I'm giving you 100%. I don't agree that 100% means breaking yourself. And again, there are crisis and emergencies, but an argument could be made, generally speaking, that humans should generally not ignore their limits and give 100% every single day if they only realistically have 40% to give that's going to push you to burnout even faster, which increases the amount of time that you need for burnout. So if you've only got 40% in the tank and you push yourself, just be careful because you risk hurting yourself and not getting the results you're looking for. If you only have 40% and you give, a, uh, sorry, if you only have 40% and you give 40%, I think you're amazing and you should be proud of yourself. But we all probably have or know that supervisor or peer that's going to beat us over the head for not being at 100%. And you know what? Stop for a second and ask yourself, why are you sacrificing your health and wellness for someone who only values what you put out for them? Just something to consider. A leader worth following understands the value and needs of their people. And if there are ops or tasks that need to get done, they should have the common sense that if they prevent burnout in their people, they will ultimately get more work done at a better quality. People who don't care about your personal barriers or burnout and only care about you giving 100% whether you have it or not, are also the people who will sacrifice you at the drop of a hat when they no longer can benefit from your efforts. So again, just something to consider. There is something to be said about the benefits of not giving 100%. The Pareto principle states that 80% out of output comes from 20% of our input. And I got that from shineapp.com. It's a really good article. Look up the Pareto principle, P-A-R-E-T-O principle. It's really interesting. And uh, ShineApp says you can achieve most of your results without the midnight cubicle marathons. And I agree with that. I think this is important to keep track of your input at the time as an appreciation of your output. Our bodies and minds ability to regulate stress is a great system to rely upon to ensure you aren't going too far over the top for too long over your limits. Because the more we put in, the higher the stress and the lower the effectiveness over a long enough period of time. Sometimes we push so hard for so long that the best we are getting is the ability to say that it's done, not necessarily that it's being done right or that it's getting done at the level that we need. And this takes me to my next point for leaders. 
please don't undervalue or berate your followers or your workers because they aren't as dedicated, knowledgeable, or as effective as you. You're the leader and you get paid more because you have the skills and the experience to make sure things get done right. But your followers and, and your, your subordinates and the people you're leading, they probably aren't as experienced as you. And they probably don't have the same proficiency of skills that you do. But that's why you're getting paid more and you have more authority. It is insane that some leaders belittle and beat down on their people for not being as dedicated as themselves. And from my own experience, this largely came from the leader only valuing their people to the extent that they themselves benefited. While there is something to be said about developing your people and trying to you know, push them to get to the level of preparedness that they need or may require down the line of their career, please remember that you need to help them by ensuring they, uh, ensuring they aren't breaking down in the process. Got tongue-tied, my apologies. Going back to the workout analogy, your role as a leader is kind of like that of a personal trainer. You're in the better shape, arguably, and you have the deeper knowledge of how and why certain workouts work, and you are there to motivate, inspire, and help the person trying to grow their muscles and get in better shape, right? You've done it, you've been through it, now you're gonna use your experience and expertise to help others. You would put them on a bench press with the same, if, if you put them on a bench press with the same weight that you use, you're gonna break them because they probably haven't built up to your level and they're not ready for it yet. And it's not fair to say, well, they're just lazy and unmotivated because that's just trying to justify yourself while you're disregarding that they haven't progressed to the same level that you are. So you might be right that maybe somebody is lazy and not giving their all, but don't be too quick to make that snap judgment. Again, find out why and have a realistic expectation of where the people are currently at with a vision of where they can achieve and what they can obtain with your help and guidance, I guess you could say. So I've been doing what I do for almost 20 years. And, and this gives me slightly an advantage over those that I lead, but that doesn't make me better than them. It just means that I have the obligation to use what I know to teach them what they don't. Another important aspect of leading when it comes to giving 100% is just frankly knowing your people and understanding that ev not everyone is going to be able to give the same energy. Meaning, as a leader, you need to be able to balance out what everyone is giving for you know making a stable team contribution. Sometimes one person only has 30% to give and another person might have 70. It happens, you've probably experienced it, but the goal is to have everyone on the team working to support each other and then reciprocate when needed. Now, right here, I can hear somebody going, yeah, well, I give 110% every day and my coworker could never get above 60. So what, am I just supposed to carry them? Unfortunately, this is a reality and it's a really tough question. And the person giving more isn't necessarily wrong. But here's the kicker. The person giving less isn't necessarily wrong either. Sometimes you might need to carry that person that's next to you. And sometimes you might need that person next to you to carry you. It largely to me comes down to intention. If someone is only able to give 60%, ask yourself why. Is it a lack of energy, training, resources, support, or drive? Some people, you know, they got serious personal things going on and the whole leave your stuff at the door isn't really a solution. Some people just don't perform as high as others and some people are just naturally able to perform higher 
And that could be as simple as the person is able to just give more, you know, working in a spot where their goals and values align with their current demands. And the person less connected with their position isn't in an optimal environment. I mean, who knows? Some people are working where they are because that's all they could find. Or like in the military, it's the job they were given. You might disagree with this, but just because someone is placed in a job does not mean that they have to give their all. And it's it could even be that they're not able to because, again, there's a disconnect. I learned a lot about this when I got certified in resiliency, and the simple fact is this. People are better able to perform and thrive when the environments that they live and work in line up with their personal goals and values. And as a leader, it's important to know what those are for the people you're meant to lead. And if you're a follower, it's a good idea to let your supervisor know what those are for you so that they can help line you up. On the flip side, if someone is uh, I'm sorry, is intentionally underperforming because they just don't care, don't be too quick to write them off. Find out what their goals and ambitions are and see if there is a way to maybe connect their current demands to their current goals. Some leaders hate that and will use the, well, I need them here. And if they aren't giving what I need here, then they can just leave, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sorry, the sad fact is, again, leaders that think that way are failing their people because they likely aren't putting in the time and energy to find out how to properly inspire their people or provide an environment for their people to find the motivation that they need to perform at the desired level. Just spitting facts. I'll give you an example. So I plan to retire soon-ish, and currently my personal goals are slightly out of alignment with what would be the typical goals of people at my current rank. This doesn't mean that I don't work hard. I do what I'm expected to, and here's why. My current leadership knows the direction that I want to go, and they provide me with the time and support for me to follow that path. And because of that respect, I am willing to ensure that I do what they need me to do it uh, what I'm willing to do what they need me to do while I'm still here. Sorry, I got tongue tied. It's a symbiotic relationship. And I've talked about that before. If you take care of me, I'll take care of you. And it's built on mutual respect for all of the parties involved. This idea of blind devotion at all costs and giving a hundred percent to something that doesn't care about you is the epitome of an abusive relationship. It doesn't work. It isn't sustainable because you are forcing someone to choose between your needs and their needs. And it isn't necessarily wrong for them to put their needs first when they know that you don't care about them. Somebody's got to take care of them. And if you're not willing to help them, then they're going to make sure that they're taken care of or they should because that's how we survive. This same idea works for giving 100%. If you take care of your people and you ensure that they have what they need to give their best, then they will give their best because you are taking care of them. If we ignore what people need, what they care about, what their goals are, then we are going to get the bare minimum from them. Or simply, they're going to work just hard enough to not get in trouble. And I can't say that I blame those kinds of people. I'm one of those kinds of people. Failing to know and appreciate your people and what inspires or motivates them is a hallmark of poor leadership and toxic authority. I've faced my own hardships. And at one point years ago, I went through a really tough six months. Like it was the roughest six months of my life. Uh, it was bad. And I remember coming into my work area and I was the lead. And I remember sitting down with my supervisor and my direct subordinates, and I was straight with them. Like I let them know what my situation was, and I asked for their patience and support because my world was literally falling apart. Like this literally is the closest I have been to breaking ever in my life. Like it was the toughest six months of my life. Some of you listening, like when you worked with me, you, you probably remember this time frame. It did make me a bad person. I just was at my limit. I, I had nothing else. My support systems were failing. My resiliency was in shambles. And I was doing the best that I could. And the thing is, because I was open with them and I was honest with them, they were able to support me. 
in, after a few months, I was able to get my feet back under me. And I remember my supervisor at the time saying that when I came to him, I was broken. And I was. But he had the professionalism, the respect, and the empathy to help me rather than beat down on me. And it's a weird thing where we always talk about leadership trying to take care of their people and that, that expectation. But at the end of the day, we're all just people taking care of people. So I did the best that I could for my team, but my team also did the best they could in taking care of me. And it helped me just like I try to help them. This idea behind giving 110% is it's understandable in theory. But again, the reality is no one can give that kind of dedication in a safe or healthy way, at least not for prolonged periods of time. And if someone does manage to max out their output, they deserve the time and support to recover because I don't believe that anyone is just going to continuously break themselves without support forever. Most people can be inspired to give a sustainable 70 to 80% daily, but that will come from the respect, empathy, compassion, guidance, and support from the team, from their peers, and most importantly, from leaders. Threats and making life miserable do not promote devotion and they certainly don't inspire sacrifice. People want and deserve to be appreciated. And if someone feels that their value isn't appreciated, they're likely not going to invest themselves for your sake alone. But if you can show through your actions that you value your people and you value your peers, that you are here for them when they need you, then people are more willing to trust. And that's really the center point for a lot of leadership and followership. Trust. When people don't trust, they don't feel safe. When people don't feel safe, they will hoard as much energy and time and resources as they can to ensure their survival because they've likely been made to feel like the only person that they can depend upon is themselves, which might be true. Trust is built through respect and it's maintained through consistency. So before you go demanding your people give you 110%, stop and remember that people can only give so much and starting with an unrealistic ask like, like 110%, is automatically gonna put people on the defensive because you might be making them question if they're good enough. They haven't even started yet. This can cause a cascade of emotional decision-making and compromised efforts where people try to be what they think you want them to be instead of being their truest authentic selves. And people operate at their best when they feel safe to be who they are. As a leader, it might sometimes be needed to develop people in a certain way. Military stuff or police or fire, you know, critical jobs, crit critical incidents but I believe it is far more effective to find ways to include the person as they are, or just to put it another way, see the strengths someone currently has and how those strengths complement the needs of the environment. The world asks a lot of its people, and it's understandable that a work environment has needs. Like, I'm not gonna argue that. So those needs understandably come down to the people to fulfill, but people also have personal lives that often we know nothing about and it's the personal aspects that can either empower or endanger the quality and quantity of performance. So as leaders, an awareness of, of the pulse of your people is crucial for making sure that the blood flow of the team is pumping at its best. When there are barriers preventing someone from working at their best, stop and consider why before you automatically bombard the person with criticisms or cognitively put them in the lazy bucket. People want to do well, but... That means people also need support. And sometimes even if there's nothing that you can do to solve their personal problems, just taking the time and letting your people know that you care, it can help someone you know, keep their focus on the work goal because it tells the person that they aren't alone, meaning that they can afford to spend some energy for you that maybe they've been holding on to to survive their own difficulties. 
I recommend getting to know your people in team. I've said it before. I'm always going to be a believer in it because even peers can be helpful. Sometimes even more so because peers are operating at the same level, relatively speaking. And that lack of uh, power or authority differential, it helps promote a I understand your situation mindset. Like we're both going through the same thing. Try opening the conversation routinely rather than waiting for things to be in a bad place. That way that you build up rapport between you and you know those around you and you find out if people are struggling rather than waiting for it to be a crisis. If you've already established rapport through routine conversations, then when bad things do come up, you're already ahead of the curve and you can begin working you know, on the struggles and finding solutions and trying to help the person out. And again, sometimes it's just letting the person have a safe space to vent and get it out of their system. Yeah, sometimes it includes giving solutions, but sometimes it's just being there and saying, hey, you're not alone. For those of you beating yourselves up for not being at 100% every single day, stop it. I understand wanting to do your best and not let people down. I get it, but keep in mind that there's only so much that you can do. And if you are giving your best for someone else and they don't see and appreciate that effort, that isn't on you, that's on them. And it's probably a good idea to set some more boundaries for yourself, right? Because you probably need to. Don't let other people's opinions of your value take precedence over your own self-respect because if someone thinks you aren't good enough, they might be projecting. Might be, I don't know. And you know, those are, if they are projecting, those are the types of people who you will never be able to impress or make happy because all they know how to do is demand. And it's one thing to ask people for their best and it's another to demand perfection. If you wake up tomorrow and the best you have is 40% or 50% or 60% or 70% and you give that 40, 50, 60, 70, to me, that is giving all you have. That Meaning that you are giving that 100% of what you got. You can't give more than you have, right? You can't pull water from an empty well, right? That's, that's just being realistic. Now, I will acknowledge that there are times when we need to sacrifice and give more than we're comfortably able to give, but sometimes we need to, but you can't live like that because it just, it's not sustainable. So make sure you know your own boundaries and the boundaries of others and don't let others take more than they deserve. I guess that is the main message this week. Instead of feeling like you have to give everything, just focus on giving your best. When I was an instructor, I made it clear that I expected my students to give their best, right? Excellence in all we do. And I remember this one student after a test was walking down the hall and she looked really upset. Being a good instructor, you know, I wanted to be a good instructor. I pulled her aside and I asked what was going on. And she said that, you know, she just took a test and she only got an 85. And she felt like she let me down. She felt like she let herself down, et cetera, et cetera. I asked her if she gave her best and she said she did. You know, she started talking about how she took notes and how she studied and she used flashcards and she started a study group with others and on and on. And it was really impressive. And understandably, she was upset because after all that work, she only got an 85. Now, if I remember correctly, this student up to that point, like was 90s and 100s, like she was consistently in that that top point, right? So getting that 85 really kind of rocked her confidence. After she told me everything, she I, I asked her again if she did the best that she could. Not what I thought, but could she look at herself in the mirror and honestly say that she did the best she could? And she looked at me and she said, yes. And my response was that she should be proud of her 85 and she should be grateful for it. Seems kind of weird, right? She was confused and you might be as well, so let me explain. First off, I don't expect perfection from myself, let alone from anybody else. And an 85 is a damn good score, especially because that test was one of the hardest in our program at the time. But regardless, it's a good score and it reflected her efforts. 100% 
isn't the goal and it shouldn't be the goal. Sure, it's nice, but the goal is to develop the mindset and resolution to try because the ability to struggle and persevere will always get you further than perfection. When you are perfect, you typically don't consider how to do it better or faster. You got a perfect. So it's easy to think that there's no way to improve. But when you come up short, either a little or a lot, it can help stoke some flames of higher levels of devotion and dedication in the long run. I told her she should be proud because she'd been doing excellent thus far, thus far in the class and she still was it with that 85. But if it really beat her up, maybe all that effort and coming with an 85, maybe that just meant that that was an area that she knew now that she needed to grow in. That's good information to have. I strive for excellence, you know, I do try, but I never want perfection because that might mean that there's nowhere to go. And for me, that's kind of disappointing. I think what I said worked for her because she continued to kill it every day and I hope this advice helps you as well. So, so let me kind of end with this. The goal isn't to be perfect. The goal isn't to break yourself. The goal is to learn how to persevere every day and give your best. And over time, your best will improve exponentially. If all you have to give is 40% and that's what you give, then thank you for giving your best. And don't let anyone minimize that because they aren't going through the hardships you are and they can't fight the battles that you are in. So if you still find it in you to give what you have and to do your best despite the barriers going on in your life, that is a win. And don't let anybody take that from you. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's it, folks. Here we are in February already. Wherever you are in life, in whatever hardships or difficulties that you are trying to solve and overcome, I believe in you, as hokey as that sounds. But I believe we all have within us that which we need to succeed. And as long as we have the confidence in ourselves, no one can take that from us. So don't let anybody take it from you, right? And don't let anybody make you feel like you need to give it away. Right? Remember your value. Appreciate your value. Don't try to be perfect. Just do your best every day, right? Set those good milestones. Strive for excellence try to grow, try to overcome, but don't beat yourself up for not being perfect every single day. With that, shout out to all my new listeners. Thanks for hanging with me. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you get all my new content. It felt really good to take last week off, but it also feels really good to be back. And I hope y'all have a great week and I can't wait to do another session next week. So please stay safe. Have a great week and I will check you out next time.